Craft Beer Radio, episode 340, on July 4th, 2015. We begin with the immortal words of General George Washington. The day, the 4th of July, will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on, we're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Oh, beautiful. I think it's amazing that they had that, you know, the, they didn't even have recording equipment back then, but they managed to get that and put, you know, the nice music behind it. Yeah. Quite amazing stuff. Well, I mean, stuff. orchestras were all over the place sure, because they didn't common. have yeah. bands, and so it was easy to get a nice string quartet to, but to play your But we do have to thank speech. the time travelers for being yes. able to capture that. Thank you, time travelers. Welcome to the show. We have a mix of beers from all over the country, really. Yeah, we just started grabbing some good stuff and some things and some more good stuff. And uh, we're going to start Light the Dark. Let's do this. uh, Where's Fremont? Fremont is in California. I guess it really is more on the western. (laughs) Oh, no, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah, it's more on the western side of the country than looking at all these beers. We've got a Midwestern. Midwestern to western. All right. Let's do this Denali Brewing Mother Ale. Denali Brewing, yeah, we did one other beer from them. Uh, Dave brought us some beers when he was here last. He's been traveling all over the country training people, and uh, he's he's been milling beers for me, which is very awesome for us. Um, I got something weird. This is this may be something that you might want to look at. This. Your wireless extender popped up a message for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that's about. But so Mother Ale, you can send me the... Uh, it's probably unnecessary for me to go forward. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. Mother Ale uh, pays homage to the best in all of us. Oh, how sweet. 5.4% alcohol volume, 46 IBUs. Brewed with North American grown Pilsner and wheat malts with European noble hops. 5.6 ABV, so uh, 46 IBUs. Uh, Denali Brewing is in Telkitna, Telkitna. Alaska. Telkitna, Alaska. Does smell spicy for a for an ale, right? It has those zots like spicy bits yeah there's um i wouldn't say it's completely hop forward but there's definitely a a hop um presence in the nose and uh you know the the maltiness of the beer is kind of pilsnery as well right there's a little bit of um a little more grainy type texture to the aroma almost a little um can say a little graham cracker is is what's coming through to me but it's hard to say. There's, there was a nice hop bouquet here, like I said, noble hops, so there's distinctly spicy as opposed to more kind of citrusy. Yeah, it's very hoppy. When you go to the flavor, hops really stand out. It's the first thing you taste. Very noble. You kind of get... Um, it, it's spicy, but, you know, there's a little bit of, like, grassiness there. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of, like, kind of like the smell of dried grass clippings or something, but then something a little more pungent, you know, a little hoppiness on top of that. Also, the spicy is not... Spicy in the 
in the traditional or in the yeah think, uh, in the peppery sense. It's it's spicy in the horseradishy sense more than anything else. It, there's a little bit of a of a sulfury bite to it. Okay, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean we. I'm glad you brought it up because uh, as soon as you started uh, defining it, it's like oh yeah we we've fallen onto using this noble spiciness, and we it's been a long time since we've really delved mm-hmm. into that. So I'm glad you did. And I think you probably described it better than I could have by pulling like a horseradish type spice out of. But with that, like you said, it comes along this grassiness as well. Mm-hmm. This, um, it's sort of uh, greenish. I say green as opposed to sort of woody, mm-hmm. right? So uh, yeah. like a fresh greenery, fresh grasses and fresh uh, leaves and stuff like that. Yeah, a couple sips in. I'm getting past kind of the overt hoppiness, and I'm getting more of the malt character, too. So the beer is definitely progressing as we're drinking it. This is a good drinker. I really like this. I still think that's uh, a little bit of graham cracker, and they're not quite as sweet as traditional graham cracker. But a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, a little honey just manages to, to come across the, the tongue. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, like you said, a very nice drinker. Uh, good, good bite to it. Yeah. Along with that honey note, after you pulled that out, you know, I'm I'm kind of seeing like trees in bloom, like kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like flower type thing as well. But it's probably you know, it's right along there with the honey. Good stuff. Forty six IBUs. That's um. It doesn't taste... I mean, it, it has a lot of bitterness to it, but it doesn't... I think the, the using the noble hops as opposed to the sort of citrusy um, and more dank hops means it doesn't, it doesn't lay mm-hmm. as much of, uh, like, this this blanket on top of your tongue. Right. Yeah. All right, that was the uh, Denali Mother Ale. It was very tasty. We have another blonde from Dave. Might as well do this one, too. So this is our last New Glarus that we have, I think. Yep. New Glarus hometown blonde. They call it an old world style Pilsner. Assertively hopped with Tetnanger, Zotz, Styrian Golding, and the Strissel Spelt. All ones that we are familiar with. They decide to call it a Bohemian lager. As opposed to a, opposed to a Czech lager, right? Well, Bavarian, Bavarian, Bohemian is Czech. Yeah, I was always, I'm always. I know you're always. They're both bees, and like <laughs> one's one's not the Czech, and one is. Yeah. <laughs> so coming off the last beer, where there's similar style of beers, right? I mean, the last one wasn't a pilsner, but it was a hoppy blonde ale. Yeah. Coming on this one, the first thing I smell on this one is kind of a bunch of floral, fruity things. Like instead of the spiciness, I, my first sniff was like really honed in on things like, um, oh, like what? Um, hmm. Like sour, um, something along the lines of like wild sour grapes or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. I'm not as familiar, but I wanted to say something like gooseberries or something like that. Yeah, there is more of a wilder 
Uh, well, just less, 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 less spicy. It's, l- it's it. less of that yeah. green gla- grass clipping noble hop spiciness, mm-hmm. and it's more. Um, there's definitely more esters coming out of yeah. this one. And for me, the esters are kind of those like when I was a kid growing up in the lot next to our house, there was some wild grapes. So it's kind of like that tartness from the grapes, the yeastiness on the skin, you know, that's kind of what it's reminding me of. Just the aroma. I'm still smelling the beer here. Mm. Interesting, because it's a lot... The texture is very different. To me, it's a lot more chewy Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the texture as opposed to the mother. It, It has... It, it could be... Actually, you know, that would be a good kind of way of looking at the differences between the Bohemian and the Bavarian, right? Where the, where the mother's not tradition, you know, specifically called a Bavarian pills. It had a lot of characteristics I associate with it. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> this one is uh, more malty, you know, those esters from the fruits, you know, they're kind of reminiscent of kind of that f- in the in the body you mentioned, right? I mean, think of how like the body of a Pilsner Kell, right? It's, it's it's a lot fuller than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, another, like a um, Spaten Pils or something like that. Okay. Yeah, the, it, it's odd to me that weirdly this one is more ale-like than the ale and this uh-huh. is the lager. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. There's a lot of esters coming off this one. There's a... Um, there's a little bit of tanginess to it. It's almost like a like a light lemon tang or, yeah. or lime tang or something like Might that. Might be a slightly acidic uh, malt or something they're putting in there. Yeah, maybe, I mean, I don't know if there's acidulated in there, but I mean... It could the pH might be a little up. It could be flight, too. Be coming off that last beer, we might be tuned a certain way that we're noticing kind of the contrast in this beer. That's also more, a possibility. More yeah. than... If we came to it first, where we'd be just be tasting the beer as a whole, we're kind of tasting the things that are different, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and, and so in, in terms of flavor, like I said, it, it's a little bit chewy. The, the malt is a lot more present. It, there's a lot more of a barley uh, mm-hmm. flavor coming through here. Less graham cracker, more, um, I don't know, uh, more like shredded wheat or something like that. More j- just mm-hmm. less less flavor uh, of of... of maltiness of of sweetness coming through but just some of those big grassy notes in terms of the barley in terms of the hops you're getting like just said it uh, a more <laughs> I'm just having a hard time to pull, pulling out all the descriptors I want to use but it's it's more of a bouquet less of a kind of less of a slam dance uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, I'm running out of good words the I'm enjoying the tanginess that's kind of on this beer. It kind of comes across your tongue. It is rem. I mean, it's a hot summer day. I was outside working all day, and kind of that tanginess is kind of a little bit reminiscent of a Berliner Weiss. I don't think this beer is. Nec- it, I know it's not kettle soured. I I don't think this beer has an infection. If it is, it's a delightful infection. Um, but I just think that this beer has a little bit more. Uh, you know, something that's apparently tangy to it, where the last one was very, like you said, very malty and spicy hot. I do think the last one was, was more drinkable than this. Um, I think this one, even though it's, you know, it's, it's easy for that nice hot day stuff, it's also, it goes down a little bit harder. It, it mm-hmm. takes a little bit more time 
to to get through. Uh, and I, I always like, and that's, that's not always a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing of this beer, but I do always enjoy the super and mm-hmm. drinkable ones. Right. So, wow, what what next? So, now we're done with the Blondales. Mm-hmm. Things are going to get a little more uh, saturated in flavor at this point. Uh, I, I think, you know, we go with the Elysian next. Two blondes. You don't like blondes. Right? Traditionally, you don't like blondes. These two? Um... I wouldn't say I don't like blondes. I mean, I like any beer for what it is. Well, like the same way I don't like Scotch ales. Oh, right. I mean, you're generally not going to. You said it before. I'm not. Okay. All right. (laughs) I don't really have a recollection of having a particular dislike for blondes, other than you know, many blondes are just boring beers, and these ones weren't boring beers. It wasn't so much a a dislike. It was, am I going to order a blonde at a craft bar when? There's 45 other things that are more interesting on tap. Okay, here, okay. so there's the interesting question. Would you still, even if one of those two were on tap? Would I still? Would I order the Denali? No, I wouldn't have ordered it. I would have never had the beer, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have ever had the pleasure of, of tasting it. Yeah. Always watch out for your blind spots. Yeah, I mean, but it's hard. Like you only get it is hard. Have so much beer you're spending money on. And I know it's hard, but sometimes those yeah, those yeah. blind ones can. I mean, man, that's kind of part of our job here. Is like, hey, it only might be worth your time if you see it. All right, so you are pulling out the Elysian sent to us by Elysian. This is the really the taste of summer. Is <laughs> <laughs> so before you know, yeah, the fruit before pumpkin beers flood the market seem to yeah. be blood oranges. Everything is blood orange this summer, so they call it a blood orange pale ale. They malt, they use the malts pale in Munich, and they use the hops, German Northern Brewer and Cascade. They finish with Citra and Amarillo, 5.4% alcohol by volume, and they add in blood orange. There's just a whole blood orange stuff in the, in the bottle. I, I like the... Well, I, I don't know. The label's amusing enough to read. It's like, grok this. What if... So the whole label's kind of psychedelic, right? Yeah. It's like, what if the world were an orange? It's a Jimi Hendrix. A blood orange with, with hop cones orbiting around it. And it's all like an atom. Let me go into a 10-minute explanation of why that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> It is it's a Jimi Hendrix picture, right? Is that Hendrix? Okay. Yeah. And they don't actually say what they do, where the blood orange comes from, or what's actually put in here, but I assume blood orange is added. Especially since they say on the bottle, ale brewed with blood orange. And right there, blood orange. Well, right. but, but you could uh. say, like, I mean, like Brooklyn's uh, black chocolate doesn't actually have any chocolate in it. That's you know, of things I've heard about bureau labels and stuff. So the thing with Brooklyn is, and the way they probably got that pushed through is, um, it's a historical name mm-hmm. for Imperial Stout. But like, the guy that approves labels for the TCB probably good, wouldn't, good wouldn't, old, that wouldn't go anymore. Good old battle. Well, I mean, they probably had to prove that there's an historical use or something like that. Like you know, like eat. 
would not approve East End Brewing's use of eye opener for their coffee beer because it uh, alluded to having the physical effect of opening one's eyes. But you can allude to an ingredient without actually having an ingredient inside it, right? If you say, this tastes like sunflower, so you call it the sunflower pale ale, that's not necessarily saying... Um, yeah, yeah, I get... Yeah, I mean, if this is called Super Fuzz Blood Orange Pale, and that's not really saying... Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. You just couldn't say, it will grow so sunflowers. I was, so I heard, I heard Scott on uh, the, a podcast from East End, and he was telling a little bit more detail about this. What podcast? The Drinking Partners podcast. Listen to Drinking Partners. Mm, eh, maybe. Okay. I, I just, I don't want to be again to war. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, uh, let me talk about it in the post-show. Uh, anyway, he went a little bit deeper on this whole trademark, or the, not the trademark, but the label approval process. So, eye-opener struck down. So he did a pictogram. He did an eye plus bottle opener. That got struck down. Huh. He's like, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> so what he ended up doing is he has two labels for the beer. One with an eye on it and one with a bottle opener on it, but not on the same label. But So what's it called? It's called East End Brewing Coffee Stout, Coffee Porter. Um, but in the brewery, it's... It's either called eye opener or the beer we can't call eye opener. <laughs> Did they try that one through? <laughs> the beer we can't that, call eye opener. That reminds me of, of what happened, and this will be a short digression, I promise. But what happened with with, with South Park? They wanted to, they wanted to make the South Park movie South Park. Everything goes to hell, and apparently they were told by the by the whatever board decides this that they can't use hell. Mm-hmm. In, in, and so they they kept coming up with worse, worse and worse, worse names, names, and they finally did South Park bigger, longer, and uncut, and that passed through, even though the people didn't just get the, oh, that's a circumcision joke. Right. <laughs> that's a big dick joke right there. <laughs> right in front of you. But Right. So it is funny what you can you can finally pass through. What's if- funny is, there's still a, with all the breweries that have opened in the last ten years, there is still a single person whose job it is to approve labels. That is surprising. Yes. And while he's a government bureaucrat, apparently he's a hard-working one. Like Scott had mentioned previously to me, he'll get emails like 1130 at night or, you know, 6 in the morning, you know, back from Battle Mart. I think his first name is definitely Battle. I think his last name is Martin. Um, his name is Battle? His first name is Battle. Damn, that's a... <laughs> yes. I want to say that's a cool name, but then I realize this guy is... is a bureaucrat on labels so mm-hmm. it's not like wolf blitzer it's not like <laughs> right, your name is right. suited to what you're doing he's and, a and correspondent you know there was an article if, if you might be able to find it, it's a couple years old now but about how this guy is kind of a bit tyrannical when it, with, you know with this label stuff not al- battle not always consistent with his rulings either his decisions either and uh, but you know brewers <laughs> like the Supreme Court of <laughs> <laughs> but you know brewers really can't talk about it much because they don't want the blowback right so battle battle it's time for the battle against battle 
battle. You know, since we're not real journalists, we should get a bunch of stories about battle and and publish them unattributed. You know, without you know attribution. <laughs> and and who said get, we're not real journalists? <laughs> We've not been trained in journalism, so we're not real journalists. <laughs> All right, so back to the super fuzz. Sorry about the digressions there. Beer is a hazy one. You can barely see yourself finger through it across the glass. And the aroma is is big on the orange. It, there's a fair amount of hops in there, but it's definitely not like Hop Forward West Coast IPA. You know, the orange is really dominating the aroma. Definitely. It's a little sulfury. That's, I would kind of expect that. Especially with Amarillo as a... Uh, Mm-hmm. As a finisher, yeah. If you if you tilt the glass and and swirl, the, the hops do come out a lot more when you do that. And amarillo is is definitely the one of the ones you smell. It's a pungent, yeah. You know, it's, it's adored, a bit sulfury. Interesting. So yeah, the color is this hazy orange. The mouthfeel mouthfeel is kind of creamy. It's not too zingy on it it's um and then it goes kind of into this nice mix of the maltiness the orange and some bitterness and it's a good blend of flavors could you make a beer naturally purple sure put some beets in it then you can make purple haze purple haze run through my mind there's at least well, there's definitely a purple haze from Abita, and I'm pretty sure I've seen similar. Yeah, but is it a purple beer? No, it's not a purple beer. See, this is an orange haze. I was saying, if you get a purple haze there, Dude, and you have Jimi Hendrix on the bottle, right? I mean, come on. That's just like marketing genius right there. <laughs> or just gimmick tree. There is very little difference. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fine line. So, okay, so the orange definitely comes through with the flavor. Uh, it, it feels... Maybe it's because we waited so long to talk about it. We were talking about digressions. It right. always feels like a little subdued. Uh, not jumping out as much as maybe you might expect it to. Which might be okay. I'm not sure if I want pure blood orange juice. I don't right. want a Rattler. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just going to try to uh, analyze a little bit. Yeah, I think it's... I, I worked through my sample. I drank too much of a while while we were in the rattle. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good drinker. Uh, I don't want to understate how hoppy it is. I mean, it is a West Coast pale ale. There's a f- significant amount of hoppiness there. But it blends in nicely with the orange and then the yeah. maltiness, too. It uh, it has a really good three-way balance going on, I think. Actually, I, I think that the use of Amarillo is a nice call. One that I wouldn't have made, but mm-hmm. I think it actually... You could never buy Amarillo to put no, in anything. No, but I, I think that the, the sort of dank sulfuriness goes well with the orange. Uh, doesn't necessarily come through on the aroma, but in the flavor, I think it really, mm-hmm. it, it really makes it uh, makes it kind of a, a sweeter flavor coming off of it. Okay. Enjoy it. I hear you, man. Even the hops I dislike can be used correctly. <laughs> it can be used awesomely, right? So, there you go. Jeff's teeing me up, but I don't have it ready. Um, so you might want to look into the next... You, <laughs> dude, you could have not said anything. 
I, li- I like to bring people into the process. <laughs> into the process. Yes. Yeah, so, so I slid the slider up for the uh, Amazon Music. And, you know, it's not like Greg had to hit play right then. He could tee it up. He could hit the play button. And as soon as the music started, we would start doing the Amazon commercial. But <laughs> Greg, with the smooth transitions, <laughs> craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. All you have to oh, do sure, is... No, okay. No, I don't, I don't want... No, no music for you. Listen. The way you can support the show is the easiest way that uh, we think is possible. Um, you need to buy stuff. You probably buy stuff online. You probably use Amazon. You probably have a Prime membership. All you have to do is when you start shopping... Give me some music, man. Kill <sighs> Okay, okay, okay. When you start shopping, you don't go to the Amazon website. You go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And we redirect you with a little header redirection thing to a special link at Amazon which has our referral link baked in and then anything you put into your cart and check out and buy costs you not a penny more and we get a percentage of the sales that we drive to Amazon so anytime you shop at Amazon think of us and craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon and you don't have to send us money out of your wallet you just buy stuff and you support us it's really a great deal for everyone involved Greg is uh, air fluting over there. <laughs> you should see Greg's air flute. It is mean. I would totally win an air flute. Air flute world championship? Absolutely. All right. Um, so we got this oatmeal imperial stout at 8%, and we got a couple barrel aged things. Which way do you want to go? <laughs> it, it's tough. I kind of want to try the stochasticity okay. first. So Stone sent us the Stochasticity uh, Project High Fly Plus Low Fly High Fi Plus Low Fi Mixtape, a blend of fresh and barrel aged ales. So <clears throat> I think they said it was the Stochasticity Project one before. We had the Quadra Quadratricali, which was based off of a Star Trek green. <laughs> the name of the grain was was from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is different, but stochastic, stochastic is refers to gases, and in terms of uh, how they inter- how they how they are measured, and how we determine, like, like for example, the best mixture of gases to make your engine run is a stochastic mm. oh, okay. mixture. So you know, it has this this percent of oxygen, this percent. So of it's oxygen. a blend thing. Mm-hmm. So they're. They're coming up with the optimal blend of something. Ah, that makes the name make a whole much more sense. So, okay, so they say it pays homage to a centuries-old tradition of combining new beer with aged stock ales. That sounds more like old ales to me, right? Stock and old, those are sort of similar. Mm -hmm. Um, Fresh brewed at the day were often very smoky. Bitter tasting were blended with older beer that mellowed with age and produced more drinkable libations. So they blend a stock ale aged for more than three months in oak founders. Fooders. Fooders. I keep messing okay. that word up. It's okay. Or fooders. I've been fooders. there. F- fooders. I've been, I've been to New Belgium. We've both been there where we saw their large... Drank from the fooders. Yeah. The fresh version of the same beer to create a perfect harmony spanning the end, spanning end to end on the taste spectrum. So what I would look at is, is kind of mixing an old ale with the, a newer version of that old ale. <laughs> Sounds sure. very similar to that. Sure. 
the uh, room on this one is eight point eight percent. By the way, seventy IBUs. Seventy. So the first thing I, I don't know anything about the lineage of this beer other than part of it was barrel aged. When I smell it, I smell kind of this bit of smoky uh, anisey, a bit almost like a. It's either it's tiny bit licorice or it is more so like reminding me of the Palo Santo wood from uh, Dogfish's Palo Santo Marron. Uh, I like where you're going with it because there's definitely there's this aromatic there's a woody component herb, that's right? not oak. Yeah, right? there's this it, aromatic woodiness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't smell like oak. It doesn't really smell like cedar. There's a bit of like uh, root beer, like uh, sassafras in there. Right. This is kind of fun because it's almost like drinking a blind, you know, because I have no idea what's giving the smell, and I'm. We need to do some more blind shows. We need we to get like, those lined up somehow. <laughs> we need to get some some people to to send suggestions to Heather or something, or if a listener wants to send us a blind show and just say don't Ooh. don't open the. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. You would definitely have to put a note right on top because Heather usually opens the beer packages and sends me pictures of yeah. beer. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, this is I'm definitely. I mean, it's high in alcohol; it's about nine percent. It's. I, I'm still smelling it, and now I'm getting something that's remind. It, it smells more familiar it smells more stony i'm getting some things that kind of smell a bit chinooky and oaky like a like an oak aged arrogant bastard or something like that i'm getting a little smell like that on to the flavor your old ale comments before they're kind of you know kind of uh, appropriate I think you're getting pretty big maltiness the bitterness okay so now the bitterness is coming through but up front you don't get the bitterness so much you get some maltiness you get a little bit of citrusy you get some smokiness that came through it there's got to be a little bit of smoke malt in here or something like that and then it does get bitter towards the end it, it kind of went through three phases we're going to try to describe these phases again but I need another sip to to Make sure I'm analyzing this correctly, mm-hmm. so bear with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Right, the audience so, couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, I, it it tastes kind of actually mild at first. It, I, mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to figure out what's going on in this beer I'm not sure I, it, it very confusing at first and then all of a sudden I get this Chinook pull like mm-hmm. boom here yeah. comes the Chinook like uh, like as if you were on a, a roller coaster and all of a sudden boom you just took a hard left into Chinook land you go into the dark yeah. tunnel yeah. and it jerks you to the left <laughs> yeah and so okay alright this Chinook is coming and then uh, it pulls back as you're I guess as you're breathing in it's where the alcohol combines the, the alcohol fumes combine with what, what else in your mouth, and you get like a a, a pithy, a very a mm-hmm. very pithy, very 
very bitter kind of after note that that also has some woodiness and a bit of a a bit of stone fruit in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the label doesn't give me. Oh, so it does have the uh, malts and the hops here. Did you read those? Uh, did the, you get those? No, no, did not. Okay, get so the label says uh, pale two row English pale mild ale breeze. Okay, so pale two row English pale mild ale malt, and then it says breeze and ambers malts, and then uh, the hop varieties are Apollo, Target, and Willamette, and uh, the Oak Foders, like you said. 8.8%, 1.6 fluid ounces, because 22 ounces is metric, apparently. <laughs> Thanks to Mr. Battle. We have to battle Mr. Battle. About metric. Ounces. Metric. 22. 22 whole ounces. Mm. Hmm. Um, yeah, nothing about the beer other than you know i think they mentioned bitter and smoky so i think they did try to brew something that was kind of uh ancient beer or a historical beer something that would have been brewed over coal or wood or something and would have had that more smoke when i take a quick sip like a really i don't try to analyze just take a quick sip down it does come across a lot more woody and Mm -hmm. smoky right i shouldn't say brewed i mean yes it was brewed over coal or fire but Malted over and kilned over coal or fire is yeah. the place where the smokiness comes from, historically. It's interesting. And it's not bad. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't want to leave the impression that we're like, like too confused about this beer to enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's enjoyable. It's, it's, As I drink it, the bitterness is kind of piling yeah. up a little bit. It's one of those beers where if you weren't analyzing it, I think you'd have a a more interesting time with it than, than, than fully out The faster you drink it, the the more the woodiness comes through and the yeah. more interesting the woodiness is. Yes. So, you know, taking these slow sips like we were, where we're in nine miles deep trying to analyze this thing, I think we're missing the best part of the beer. Absolutely. I agree. And, which sounds almost counterintuitive. But when you take a quick pull on the beer, you get this really interesting woodiness to it. And that's the part I'm enjoying most. Yeah, in, in, in a weird way, the just the the overall melange is better than the sum of its parts. Better, mm-hmm. better than us taking it apart and dissecting it. Right. You, we we don't get as much out of it that way. Yeah, because the woodiness, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't come across as oak, like straight up oak. Yeah. It has a bit of sassafras in there. Um, it's kind of reminiscent of something more. Um, Aromatic, you know, it's not cedar, but you know, it's that kind of wood. So it's it's not frankincense, but it's you know, it's almost like that Palo Santo, like I said from Dogfish. So I'll give a warning. This is a beer that's probably going to end up uh, on the bottom of my list, but it's not bad, uh, and I don't think it's a beer that um, that you would not enjoy. Nor would I say don't pick it up. I just mm-hmm. think that if you're doing a show like ours if you're analyzing beers to the extent that we are you're not going to appreciate it as much as you would if you just sort of grabbed this off the shelf and, and downed it yeah we'll see well, yeah, this we, next beer might suck we, we don't know this next beer probably sucks I think of the four we've had I don't think it's uh, <laughs> right <laughs> alright so Jim sent us this next beer listener Jim oh, yeah, this one probably sucks <laughs> thank you very much yeah we've 
It's not like we haven't had this beer before. I thought it was amazing. Not this one. Never had the batch 23. So hey, Jim sent us a tiny little bottle here of Damnation batch 23 from Russian River Brewing Company. Batch 23 was uh, their Damnation that was aged on oak chips. Apparently this is batch 69 of batch 23. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Well, they made batch 23 of a beer they made continually batches of, and then there are batches of those that they have. Right. So it's batches and batches. Batches all the way down, man. It is. Maybe you wouldn't call it batch 23 if you're going to brew it a bunch of times, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell Vinny how to run his brewery. <laughs> I think he's been doing okay. I think he's, yeah, I think he knows how to do what he's doing. Alcohol by volume 10.75. Color golden, bitterness mild. That looks about right. 10. 0.75%. Get a little bit of yeast in there. Why not? Give you some muddiness there at the end. Go for it. All right. So this is, what, a 500 mil bottle? 375 mil bottle. (laughs) Somehow that's not metric. Well, no. It's a... As milliliters. Well, no. That's that's in parentheses. The thing that Mr. Battle approved was 12.68 fluid ounces. (laughs) Twelve point six eight. I think it's, it's going above twenty. That's the real issue. <laughs> well, going over a pint, right? Well, because you have to use you have to round you have to use the units. The well, imperial. You can't say twenty two ounces, but you can say one pint nine ounces. Right. So it's going above twenty. No, no, it's going above sixteen. Sixteen. A pint sixteen ounces. Right, but I'm saying so. You, if, I mean, so if you or maybe eighteen pint bottle, eighteen pounder cans say sixteen ounces, don't they? Or do they say one pint of beer? Uh, they say sixteen ounces, I think. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. It might say it might say one pint. It's either at sixteen or sixteen point zero zero one. You know, somewhere yeah. that you have to start using a pint. But if there is a unit, so say you pattern. Well, why don't growler? Why aren't growlers one quart? One pint and four fluid ounces, right? Because a growler has a quart in it. Yeah. Or I guess it's two quarts. It should say, or it's half gallon. But it says 64 ounces of beer, doesn't it? Well, but growlers aren't distributed like these are. Some are. Really? Yeah, there's retail growlers that are packaged to I had no idea. Yeah, there's 64 ounce bottles. Huh. And I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'm sorry for, man. We're sorry for the, the rattles this week. I'm pretty My sure beers kind of lead into that. So I mean, you would think by the 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 way this isn't that, rattles. We're talking about yeah, beer. Sure. The the way that bombers have to be labeled at one pint six fluid ounces. Yes. You have to use the the biggest unit of imperial measurement that fits. So a growler should say one, but it's a half gallon. So it's not a whole gallon. Right. So you can't say a half gallon because a half gallon is not an imperial measure. Right? So it should be two quarts of beer. Okay. But it doesn't say... None, the growlers don't say two quarts what of beer. What do they say? They what say do, they, I think they all say 64 ounces. Mr. Battle. We should get him on the show. We should. Mr. He's not going to come on our show. Mr. Battle, I want growlers to say two quarts of beer. You should have seen how my eyes lit up <laughs> when Jeff suggested I was like, yes! <laughs> Let's get Battle on the show and have a battle with Battle. I don't care about the battle. I just said that would be friggin' interesting. I would love that. 
Are you kidding me? There's so many questions I want to ask. Yes, I don't think he does interviews. God, there's so many questions. If he did interviews, there would be tons of stories about battle. Now I'm just thinking about questions for battle. The show's gone. I'm just thinking about questions. Go do the show. We could we could we could do like an open letter. We could do an open podcast of Mr. Battle. <laughs> oh, just open questions, just just questions yeah. to the air, and hoping yeah. somebody will answer them. Yeah. Yes. All right, back to the damnation badge twenty three, badge sixty nine of twenty three. There's a lot on the back here about twenty three. Okay. Now, okay, I do want to point out because it looks like it's getting into this that twenty three is a is is like the big Illuminati number. What? Yeah, I think twenty three is oh, wow. is the is the number most associated. Isn't it Michael with, Jordan's number too? Was it? It might be. Yeah. Okay. So. So I think he's more important or more famous than the Illuminati. So okay, here's here's what it says in the back of this. This is, this is the back of the Damnation Bash twenty three. There's a lot here, so I'm going to go through it. And All right. Go through it quickly. Right. And it's good because we'll let it warm up, and this beer is, I think gets to air. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It does smell. Pretty good. 23 is the natural number following 22 and preceding 24. 23 is the ninth prime number, the smallest odd prime that is not a twin prime. What's an odd prime? Since it's the ninth prime number as opposed to the eighth prime number. Oh, okay. All right. The human baby receives 23 chromosomes from each parent. There are 23 vertebrae in the human body. The number of joints in the human arm is 23. A human's physical biorhythm cycles every 23 days. This influences coordination, energy, strength, endurance, initiative, and resistance to illness. On average, every 23rd wave crashing to shore is twice as large as normal. In the year 23 AD, Pliny the Elder was is, born. Is, is, that wave one? Is, I, I don't know. This what, what, where's, the, where's the footnote? What's the... I, there is no footnote. This is not <laughs> that a, one sounds a citation. A, that yeah. sounds a bit bullshit. Citation needed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the year 23... A.D. Pliny the Elder was born. Julius Caesar was born on September 23rd and was stabbed 23 times. In the religion of Discordianism, 23 is considered a holy number. In California, a small brewer must get a Type 23 license. Coincidence? I think not. The number of crosses on the hill at the end of Monty Python film The Life of Brian is 23. Jim Carrey's production company is called JC23, named long before he got the script for the number 23. Number 23 was an Illuminati movie. Uh, that, that was my assignment. Mm-hmm. Dennis Bar- Borlek was born on November 12th, 11, 12, 23. The 20th, I don't know who Dennis Borlek is. You need to do what like Dan Carlin does with like uh, quotations, how he, yeah. do, how, he, how he does like... Unquote. <laughs> he does series of unquotations yeah. and then puts in his own commentary. Yeah. The 23rd letter of the alphabet is W. On a keyboard, W lies directly below the 2 and 3. Oh, my God. No. In the Big Lebowski, the dude uses lame 23, lame 23, the bowling alley. Batch 23 damnation is reformatted in this bottle to create a fine carbonation. Spent yeast cells form a thin layer of sediment at the bottom of the bottle, adding more complexity and flavor. Pour slowly, allowing the natural sediment to remain in the bottle. Well, we didn't do that. But, hey, that's okay. There you go. That's if they the didn't back. put it at the very bottom of all that bullshit, we might have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that we'll show up this for the post show, but that's just straight up numerology, right there. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that that's the kind of thing that that uh, humans are very good at finding patterns, and so we're very good at finding there's patterns. A, when there aren't patterns. There's a new book I heard uh, on one of the podcasts I listened to, where the guy, the uh, it's about 
correlation is not causality. Uh And like he does correlations of like how something, something is correlated with Garfield eating lasagna or something like that. You know, just like nonsense correlations. And, you know, that's what a lot of numerology type thing is like, oh, my God, W is the 23rd letter. It's under two and three on the keyboard. Oh, my God. You're going to have to uh, figure out why my Wi-Fi is disconnected. <sighs> yeah, on the show. We'll do that. That's going to be great. Well, I'm gonna, in, in order to look up what I need to look up. It does. Wow, this beer smells good. All right. So pretty high alcohol, as you might expect. So there's a big kind of caramel note coming through. A, little, a lot of toffee. And some cherry. Yeah, the week that I can't like stop recording and whatnot. This is, <laughs> I apologize. The, the Wi-Fi is so. Yeah, can we get? Can you can you continue without the internet? Yes. Okay, yes. let's do that. All right. So, I haven't talked about this beer at all yet. Yeah. So we poured some of the sludge into the beer, so it's very very hazy. The aroma is. Lots of stone fruits. I'm getting stone fruits and pear. I'm getting pear. Oh, I'm yeah. getting peaches. Yeah, I'm getting um, some tangerine skin. I'm getting... There's the oakiness, too, but, you know, the it actually is playing into these fruity things for me. You know, and it's not overtly a wood aroma. There's a big, sweet maltiness too it's kind of a brown sugary thing it, it reminds me of that's a uh, toffee thing that was toffee like, thing yeah. it reminds me of um brown sugar or something like without the crazy hoppiness you know from mm. but there's this big barley wine malty brown sugar thing going on as well in the nose this is of course an older beer right this was i don't know when this was actually brewed Don't have a date on this that I can see. I saw someone on Twitter asking about their when their bottle of Damnation Twenty Three was brewed, and I, I'm like, huh? And I looked at ours, and I tried to, I couldn't figure anything out. So, all right. So that was the aroma. It makes me wonder if they make Damnation, if they make Bash Twenty Three as a separate. They make Damnation. They also make Bash Twenty Three. I think there's because, well, I, mean, I think look, there's damnation and then there's barrel aged damnation which they call batch twenty three. Right, because look at all this numerology stuff on the back. Clearly, they they mean twenty three is 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 significant enough to separate it from the regular stuff. So twenty three is not just another batch in the line. It was their it, it's a ver, it's a different version of what they do. So right. I'm it guessing it gets confusing. No, no internet connectivity, so I can't necessarily tell. But I'm guessing it's not your fault. Rub it in. It's not your fault. Uh, but I'm guessing that Damnation 23 might be a yearly release or something. It could be. Um, it's just confusing that it's... Well, it can't be yearly because they haven't been around for 69 years. I mean, <laughs> that's not what I mean. <laughs> you understand? It, it's a separate stream. So it starts out as Damnation. Yes. And in the fermentation and packaging stream, it goes into barrels or something. And then it becomes Batch 23. Right. The word batch is a misnomer because the actual batch is something else. Right. So it's version 23 or or damnation 
iterate. Uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, Barrel-aged damnation. How about that? You mean batch 23 damnation? No, Illuminati damnation. <laughs> 25 points for Greenberg King. <laughs> Michael Jordan damnation. Watch Michael Jordan not be number 23. <laughs> yes, I know. I can't tell. I know you don't have the internet. Greg's like starting to scratch himself. <laughs> it's hard. You understand for me. It, it's very difficult to live without internet. <laughs> oh. Here's something you can you can do. I don't. You must be able to <laughs> enter in the correct password. I think it's admin and admin. I don't know why it's asking you to log into my... Yeah, this is great radio. The one week I can't pause the freaking recorder. <laughs> I, I spilled beer on my uh, laptop. Yes, you did. About four hours ago. So we're recording on the uh, an alternative method, which I have less control over. What was Michael Jordan's number? There we go. So I typed in the password, but as you can see, it's still hosed. So um, I can go upstairs and unplug, though. Here's what I found on the web for what was my number 23. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's try to get this show back on the rails. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, are you with me? Then I don't know. That sounds like uh, you're asking for too much. What are we going to call this show? <laughs> no Wi Fi on Independence Day? <laughs> I can't bring up a song for uh, for the end of the show. <laughs> oh no, it's the end of the world. Uh, yeah, we'll figure is, it out. This is fucked up. Cue it up on your phone. Okay. All right. I don't think I've said a single thing about what this beer tastes like no, yet. I think you have. So I will do that now. While you're dealing with your disconnectedness over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, thank God I have my phone. I can. <laughs> Do you have your USB? I have internet. Ethernet adapter handy? Uh, no. No, I do not. I got a cable right here. Don't have it. <coughs> oh, my goodness. This... We're not that drunk. <laughs> Sorry the show's jumped off the rails. This is what happens when we don't have computers. It just it, it turns into a madhouse. We're, we're always like joking about, oh well, we have this thing right near us where we can check. You don't understand how important that is to our lives. <laughs> beer. Let's talk about the beer. It's really good. What do you want me to say? It does really. I mean, especially with the, the sediment that we poured into it, it gives it a huge body. It does kind of have this Belgian barley wine type character. Greg's giving the vic- like arms up in the air, like I've connected to the internet. I don't have hives anymore. I figured it out. And I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> Stop stalling the show, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I was talking about like you know, it's kind of like a Belgian barley wine, you know, kind of like Golden Drop or something. Yeah. And look it up so I can, now that I have it, let me look it up. Okay. And so, you know, I'm tasting some of the stone fruits still. Big, kind of sweet, bready maltiness. The, um, 
the barrels aren't particularly oaky, but they're not providing any kind of sourness either. But there, I, guess, I guess there's a little bit of wood character coming in. Okay, interesting. How would you describe the... It, okay, I'm, I'm going blind at you because it doesn't describe what the beer is. There is a definition that's given by both Rape Beer and Beer Advocate as to what this beer is. What do you think this beer is? What do I think this beer is? So I anticipated Damnation was just a uh, Belgian golden ale, something along those lines, if I remember right. But it's probably been five or six years since we've had Damnation. Um, like I said, it tastes like a Belgian barley wine to me. So it is called an Abbey Triple. Okay. There are three batches of 23 there's 23 46 and 69 okay so there you go there's your answer to the 23 this is batch 69 but it is batch 69 we should have realized this 69 is 23 times 3 every 23 uh, batches 46 every every 23 23 batches, batches they put it through a different aging process those damn numerologists they get you every time How didn't we see this before? <laughs> so interesting for for a triple. I think you're right that it really it straddles it, it, it straddles a barley line wine. I mean, but there's not kind of, there's kind of not over it. there's not really a very popular style called Belgian style barley wine. Right. You know, there's a few out there, but not many. So if you look at a triple, and you think of some of the really multi-triples, kind of like a West Mall or something like that, this is in the neighborhood. You can see the connection. You can see the familiar relation uh, of that. I don't know, because the the sweetness is, is much more toffee-like than I used to. A triple... I just had recently Golden Monkey. They, they went to a Golden place. Monkey is the opposite of what yeah. I'm talking about, though. <laughs> But it's it's triple, right? I mean, but it's the opposite of the yeah, kind of triple yeah. I'm talking about. True, but but that was to continue my point. Little Monkey was a you know malt forward, but you know really distinctly Belgiany triple. Uh, right. Awesome. I, I could open one of Max's triples, the beer I brewed for Max's birth. Um, mm-hmm. However, after drinking this, it's going to taste like tire fire. So, you know, no point in opening that right now. As soon as you mentioned tired, I, I sort of taste a little bit of a rubbery note in here. I don't know if that's just an aging oxidation thing. Probably all suggestion for me mentioning a tire Possibly. fire. Possibly. Mine would definitely taste acetone or something like that compared yeah. to uh, this beer. So that was Damnation 23. And we have one more beer of the evening. Fremont Brewing sent us the Dark Star Oatmeal Stout. And I'm like, oh, let's grab an oatmeal stout because, you know, they're typically not too big. You know, they're five and a half, six percent, you know, full body beer, not a ton of alcohol. Well, this is an imperial oatmeal stout at eight percent. However, my previous before I picked this beer, I was going to pick the reserve version of this with the wax bottle and everything. And that was eleven percent. Eleven percent. Decided not this week. What difference does three percent alcohol by volume make at the end of this show? Probably not much, but. Before, when we were picking this show out, it seemed like it would have made a big deal. It seemed like it, yeah. 
two-row pale crystal carafa and chocolate malts with flaked oats and magnum and willamette hops 8% alcohol by volume 50 IBUs available January 1st through March 31st so if you see this on the shelves good luck on good luck on you you know we've been drinking tons of canned craft beer and it's almost 50% of the beers we drink on the show anymore Absolutely. It, it, it might be 50%. Tonight it is, well, no, I guess it's almost 50%. Um, but still, when I crack open a beer and pour out like an opaque imperial stout, I still get this feeling like, like of, of awe and novel. Even though I've done it a ton of times, you know, the first time was with 1050 from Oscar right. Blues, you know. But like this one poured out opaque, and I got the, that same feel of kind of novel and awe kind of mixed together. I still aren't used to getting those like opaque black beers out of cans. It's sort of like when, <laughs> when when you open up a new tech gadget and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And kids like, yeah, we've been doing this for ten years. It's, it, it's the same sort of thing where this is this is amazing. And no, it's 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 the standard. It's nothing amazing. But we we are from a time when it was amazing. So it still strikes us as amazing. I, I guess I I'd like to think, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm you know maybe I have a distorted uh, self image here. But you know I I think we've been champions of cans for a very long time and, and very have. open of cans and you know so it should be i should not have novel type feelings when i do that anymore but you know imper- like sour like a berliner vice in a can no problem you know still when i pour that opaque imperial stout it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's different for me the thing that always gets me is the heffa in a can because you need the you need or or Traditionally, at least, the Hefe has the in-bottle fermentation. You can't really mm-hmm. do that in cans. So it's not... Well, you don't see a lot... I mean, Hefe is one thing. You don't see other Belgian styles, yeah. those re-fermented ones that are coming in the heavy bottles. You don't see triples. You don't see right. golden... I mean, look at how thick this, this damnation yeah. bottle is. Yeah. That's, a, that's a thick yeah, You're not going to see those in, in cans unless they're like a different kind of can. Mm-hmm. A steel can, like a like a Sapporo can. Those steel, probably have, those are steel. A steel can or steel. something with a, a different fl- you know diameter thickness yeah. to it. Yeah, you know, but it's definitely going to have a different uh, character to it than. What I wonder. Most I mean, because you had those, those those Sapporo cans, you get those are steel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't like crush them like you can an aluminum can. Right. So be interesting to see. If I you remember Iron City and their steel cans. Yeah. Can't say I have much experience with Sapporo. <laughs> All right, so like I said, this beer pours pretty opaque and dark. This is the uh, Fremont Dark Star. The aroma on it is kind of, it's really roasty. It's it's, a, it's a kind of ashy and acrid on the aroma. Like extra roasty. Fremont is the one with the sister, right? Yeah. Yes. I really liked. I really liked their their can um, verbiage they had on the sister because it reminded me of growing up with a sister, and I hope it reminded you of growing up with a sister too. Okay, yeah, I I, I don't remember. So here I'm going to read the verbiage. Oh, you okay? I just <laughs> spilled beer on me. Spilling seems to be a kind of <laughs> today is Jeff's spill day. <laughs> Today is Jeff's spill day. Do, 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 do. <laughs> this show's quickly turning into that train wreck. 
Dark Star is part of our Imperial series and inspired by the wandering tribes scattered through the terrible journey of time and space adrift in the dark matter between the spaces of then and now. Dark Star oh, is dark, man. mysterious, yet silky hook inside of grand portions balanced by a firm hot handshake. Go ahead and enjoy the journey because beard journeys matter. Okay, so I'm not really as much <laughs> as thrilled with the with the verbiage on this one, but okay. The other one was well thought out. The other one was like, okay, that's that's like what growing up with a sister is like. This it's, one's it's, like, hey, let's make some hippie bullshit. Yeah, yeah. All Who right. knows, maybe growing up with a <laughs> wandering tribe of dark stars. With a strange illness will, <laughs> will cause that sort of thoughts. Who knows? Yeah, so it, it's definitely a rich, dark, almost acrid to ashy type aroma. You're getting some licorice notes on the nose. Some really dark roast. Yeah, this beer is, is very dark. <laughs> If you want to take it's a look an oatmeal at it. stout, right? It so is, it should be pretty, pretty opaque. In the that is that is pretty much the definition of black. There is no, there are really no red highlights. You can hold it up to the light, and on this on the very, very sides, you get something. But that's of course, right? That's how refraction works. It's probably more the glass than the beer, right? Yeah. The uh, flavor doesn't come across burnt or ashy, like where the nose kind of leads you to. Flavor brings it back some, and it's you're getting uh, some maltiness. You're definitely getting some roast. You're getting a touch of brown sugar. It's not very slimy for an oatmeal stout. No, it doesn't have you know, that. Right. That kind of slickness. Or, you know, we endearingly on our show call it sliminess for oatmeal stouts. And like I said, endearing. We, we look for that, and we like to call it that way. You say it's not ashy. I kind of feel like it is. I, okay. I kind of feel like at least in that second sip, I started to detect some acrid notes. Um, you know, a little bit of astringentness. Okay. Yeah, through. I guess. Yeah, there's a little bit in there. Uh, the hops are starting to come through too, especially those Willamette ones are are, are picking up. Well, probably especially the Magnum one. I mean, Willamette's is kind of. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> <laughs> he had to rush for the cough <laughs> button. Excuse me, I I I, I recognize Willamette where they do Magnum, but Magnum's probably stronger than Willamette. So that's why I pulled out Willamette first. But I think it's probably more the Magnum than anything else. But it's it's a it's a little bit on the sulfury side, a little bit on the on the danker side, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh it's but it's definitely giving that ashy stuff a little bit of an extra oomph. Yeah, the um, this is kind of different for a lot of oatmeal stouts that I'm used to. Like I said, I was expecting an oatmeal stout around five and a half, six percent. You know, many breweries don't make those guys imperialized. The extra saturation from the imperialization of this beer is kind of turning me off in a couple ways is that that ashiness you know or i think if it was scaled back a little bit with less roasted barley and whatnot it wouldn't be as ashy uh the oats are just kind of playing a minor role there's a little bit of creamy smooth mouthfeel added to this beer but it's not it's not you know anything that's is central on the stage of the beer and then when the beer is this big, you know, sometimes a booziness kind of helps, you know, cut that acridness. And it doesn't really contain 
it's not apparently boozy at all. So I'm not getting any kind of like decent like bourbony or whiskey like alcoholic type character from it. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 sly on the booziness. But I was thinking maybe a little bit more of a whiskey like character might help with the flavor a little bit. It could. A little bit of, of oakiness or a little bit of, of wood might actually help this thing. Just you might smooth it out a little bit, mm-hmm. I think. The, the, those sort of harsher, mm-hmm. um, the sort of harsher peaks along the line, right. I think they might be smoothed out a little bit. You know, and I, well, like, I like having that booziness apparent in my Imperial Stouts. And this one, the booziness isn't necessarily coming to the apparent level of well, it. Well, I wonder what the 11% is like now that you're. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll be able to try. Yeah, we'll be able to try the reserve version, uh, you know, shortly Let's on the see show. If the if if that comes through or not. Okay, well, there's there's the show. It's only been we can't exactly tell how long, but it's probably been well over an hour. <laughs> Jeff's uh, looking at his thing and saying, "Oh, this didn't record." No, it says card full. Oh, well, at least we have I guess we're getting the backup backup. <laughs> at least we do have the backup. <laughs> oh, you... Oh, man. Just not my day. Not my day. That's okay. And I was staring at you the whole time. No, no. I mean, last time I looked, it was yeah. recording, so it's only been the last five, ten minutes or so. But wow. Anyway. That card filled up quick. <sighs> it's a new system right the card might have had a fair amount of stuff on it's it and possible. i didn't realize yeah, the true. recording time available it doesn't necessarily broadcast it like that one does anyway, anyway. oh boy this no, is a show to, for the ages rank. we haven't, we haven't yeah, ranked. yeah this is a show for the ages uh everything that could go wrong went wrong today for me i've had shows like that so oh, welcome right. to the party i still had fun but uh, you know the the productions the the you know if I was just the talent and not the production guy, you know I wouldn't mind. But three hundred forty shows give us a break, right? Yeah, at least it's not lost. Um, all right, so ranking yes. we have six beers here from the bottom. I think I might have to put the Fremont at the bottom. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't think I really. Uh, came around in that ashiness that acridness that was in this beer really stood out um yeah i'm gonna have to put a bomb and then second to last place hmm this one i'm i'm contemplating between the stones stoke acidity and the new glarus um hometown blonde interesting very interesting to me so for this one that was not what I would have expected. Okay. To pick. Well, I'm throwing a monkey wrench. No, is that what I would have picked? But hey, good for you. I'm, I'm going. I'm working on this thing. Let's do the. Oh wow! I just figured out what my number one's going to be, and we're going to get some hate mail. I'm sure about it. I don't. <laughs> if, if you're thinking along the lines that I'm thinking, we might. <laughs> It's gonna be like the time we pick that um, the the spotted cow over the heady topper, right? <laughs> All right. So in uh, fifth place, this is kind of a tough one for me to figure out. I'm gonna put the stone stochastity project. Um, I, when we figured out a quick pull, gave it a more interesting flavor than a, a, a very involved slow sample. Um, we like the beer more. 
but you know being so i enjoyed the the tanginess of that new glarus uh, hometown blonde more than that so that will be my fourth place beer and then number three three's gonna be the damnation 23 uh, I enjoyed it. Um, maybe I shouldn't have poured all the sediment into the beer. Maybe it was a different beer without <laughs> the, the sediment. Might have, it might have should play with it, but it was okay. Yeah, yeah so that's going to be number three. Number two is going to be the Elysian Super Fuzz. Uh, I really enjoyed that beer. I thought it, had, I thought it blended three different characteristics, the orange, the hops, and the malt very well and brought those together in a very tasty beer. But you know that Denali Brewing Mother Ale? That was a hell of a blonde ale. That was a hell of a blonde ale. It had a kind of that imperialized American use of noble hops, but it worked. It worked very well, and I'm gonna put that as the best beer of the night. Which let me see if I get your numbers right. Number six, Fremont. Number five, Stone. Number four, New Glarus. Number three, Russian River. Number two, Elysian. Number two, Denali. Number one, Denali. Number, uh, yeah. number, number two, yeah. Elysian. Number one, Denali. Yes. Yes. Okay. Make sure. That's it. Uh, my my rankings are surprisingly similar to yours. As a matter of fact, <laughs> um, I, I put Stone in last place uh, as as I said I would, um, only because. Well, I, I said I would, and I still I still think it fits because of the way we analyze the show, the way we do the show. If I were drinking it in a different setting, it may be different, as I explained. But number five, the Fremont. Um, I. I actually kind of I appreciate sort of the ashiness and where it's going. Uh, I don't necessarily want all my imperial stouts to be to have to have that alcohol hint. Although I, I get what you're saying, um, this this doesn't have it. But yeah, I, I liked it more than the stone. I felt then Russian River number four. Well, again, I liked it. It's just I don't know the other one just just hit me better. And uh, surprisingly enough, the new Glarus uh, was number three for me. Um, I think it was a little a little more chewy than I wanted out of that kind of beer, but still I, I enjoyed it. Uh, the Elysian goes number two. I did enjoy what was coming on with there, although it was a little hard to figure out. But yeah, that Denali, that Denali was, was great. Really good, yeah, it was great. That was a great beer. That was like a Bohundale. Like, All right, whatever. And I tried it. I'm like, wow, this is really good. This happens when when you when you play the field, you'll be surprised sometimes at what you hit on, and the Denali is a, is a surefire hit. That's great. It's a great beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. We both came to the same thing. I thought I was being a little bit heretical uh, pulling that one out, but I uh, mean, it, I think it's sort of like the spotted cow issue. Kind of is, yeah. Just like look, this one was the best. I mean, let's face it. We had all these. We're not. I mean, we we have dissimilar tastes, but we both blend mm. on the same beers. That says something, I think. I hope. I, I think it does, yeah. So I figured, in order to be... Let's play the Russian anthem for... <laughs> First of all, I think it's a better national anthem than the U.S. national anthem. I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Uh, but also, I just thought it was... A cool thing to do on July 4th. So the picture that's going to be in the podcast is Putin without a shirt on? Is that what? It depends. You have to put the picture up, not me. (laughs) 
Alright, thank you everyone for li- Hopefully you guys don't feel this is sacrilegious You know, we're just having fun uh, We've done enough Independence Day shows I think we can do one that's Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information to find out what that means. If you would like to contact us, you can email us beer at craftbeerradio.com. On Twitter, we are at craftbeerradio. Individually, I am at Jeff Bear. He is at CBR Greg. That's what I am. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's all you do. Buy stuff. Buy everything that they have. All of it. Das Bedanja. <laughs>